too often we kind of not think about our bodies and how sophisticated and complicated the human body is. Additionally, we don't think about all the organs and mechanism that kind of work together and come together to, to give us life and to, 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 to make us to the extent possible healthy. Well, too often we also don't realize that there are certain things that we can do as individuals and as human beings that can affect and influence our health. But it's not too often that I have Dr. Paul Dale on my show, who does an outstanding job of trying to impart information that is important to help us not have certain diseases or how to react to certain situations as it relates to health, and also maybe how to treat some of the conditions. So what I want to do today with Dr. Dale is talk about healthy living and the factors that contribute to healthy living and the factors that diminish healthy living. And I'm happy, as I said, to have with me, Dr. Paul Dill. Dr. Dill, tell us a little bit about yourself. Be glad to. First of all, let me say thank you for having me on again. It's been a little bit, and uh, I'm glad to be back. And it's good to see you again, sir. Yes, sir. So I am a cancer surgeon. I'm a surgical oncologist. And what that means is that I did my general surgery residency right here in Macon, Georgia, for five years. And then I went away, and I did a two-year fellowship in cancer surgery. So I don't necessarily do gallbladders and hernias. I do cancers. Uh, I see a lot of patients with cancer every day. I, I diagnose cancer and treat cancer, and uh, um, along with the, the team here at the Peyton Anderson Cancer Center. So uh, that's uh, I've I've lived here in Macon uh, for this time six years. I went away to the University of Missouri for about. 10 years and came back again because I love Macon and I'm glad to be home and I call Macon my home and I'm glad to be here. Well, I, I'm glad you're back. I think it's important since you uh, that's your specialty. We, of course, want to talk about certain other organs of the body. Well, let's talk a little bit about cancer since you're there. Uh, because I think, and then you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think there has been a lot of discoveries and progress and education and changes in, you know, the status of the disease now, the treatment of uh, the, the, the disease, the diagnosis of disease now than it was maybe 15, 20 years ago. Talk about that and then ways to uh, treat them, although I mentioned that but I mean, modern medicine, I think, has made some adjustment and some uh, productive and meaningful changes in, you know, cancer, how it's treated, how many people are cured, what the operations mean, what the approaches can be now with the uh, advent of modern techniques. So talk a little bit about that, if you will. Absolutely. And you don't even have to go back 10 or 15 years to to, to realize we've, we've made some fantastic changes over the last five years. 
you know, we were going to talk a little bit about skin cancer. Um, and did you know that the skin is the largest organ in our body? Probably people don't realize that it's considered an organ. And it does things that are very important. It, it keeps all the fluids inside of us and helps regulate temperature. And uh, the skin is a very important large organ. And unfortunately, the skin can get cancer. And the skin gets three types of cancers uh, that, that start. And a lot of them, the biggest issue tends to be sun exposure. Over your lifetime, the more sun you might get exposed to, then the higher the risk that you're going to develop a skin cancer in your lifetime. Uh, so it's important that as you talk about healthy living, one of the healthy things you can do is limit your sun exposure or limit your sunburns as you uh, as you go through the summer. We're getting ready to get in the summertime. People are getting ready to go outside and enjoy their life, and they're going to enjoy going to the lake or go go to the pool or have a picnic or whatever it might be. And they don't think about putting on that sunscreen. And it's interesting that while darker skinned people uh, don't necessarily burn as much, but they can. And it's important uh, no matter what skin color you have to wear some sunscreen to avoid getting burnt when you're out in the sun. Uh, a lot of my, uh, uh, African-American friends, they, they, they tell me, yeah, I'll get burned. If I go out in the sun, uh, my skin will get burned or I'll, I'll turn even darker. Well, that, that in and of itself is, is an injury to the, to the skin. And those kind of things are what promote these cancers to grow. So limiting the amount of sun exposure, uh, is, is very important, especially right now when the sun is really glaring down and, and, and beating on us really hard. So Keep that in mind as you go about your summer is one good thing you can do is, is put on good or wear clothing that has a sun protection factor in it or put on that suntan lotion. Very important, very important. I, I, I like to ask a question about that and I'm just curious. I don't, I haven't had that many experiences with African-Americans having skin cancer. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that oftentimes I know I've got a lot of uh, white friends, you know, who may have some indications of skin cancer. And if, if and when I go to the dermatologist, I see a lot of my white friends there uh, being treated for skin cancer. And just, just from my own knowledge, I'm just very curious. Can a African-American get skin cancer much like, I mean, I know that that it might be harder to detect because of the skin tone, but can, can, can an African-American get skin cancer? They can. And, and, and you know what's interesting is the, the incidence is much less in African-Americans. Why? Because they're darker skin. Why, why are they darker skin? Because they have melanin in their skin. And that's a protectant factor of uh, where people originate from. The people who come from the equator tend to be darker skinned because they've got to have that, that, uh, that melanin to, to protect them from the sun's rays. So you're absolutely right. African-Americans don't have as higher risk of getting skin cancers as uh, white people do, but I see it not, not unusually and infrequently. And guess where it occurs a lot? The melanoma, the deadliest form of skin cancer.
Yeah, you're okay. Trolling. So let's talk know. a little bit about melanoma because melanoma is the most deadly of the skin cancers. And it's interesting that African-Americans can get melanoma. It's interesting. I've only seen a few cases where it's on the skin of the, the arm or the body or somewhere like that. But where they tend to get it is on the palms, on the hands, and on the soles of the feet, and under the fingernails. Those unusual places where the sun doesn't shine. Now, uh, Caucasians can get it there. White people can get it there too. But it's more common in Blacks to get it in those locations. So if you happen to wake up one day and see a spot on your hand, you better say, huh, what is that? Maybe I should have somebody take a look at it because that is where it's more common in the African-American population. Wow, I never knew that. That's very interesting. So how does that, Mr. Pop, yes. uh, how does it appear? How does it show up, dog? Would it be a red it spot probably, or so, like a rash? Right. So since your arms, your, your hand, your soles, your hands tend to be lighter than the rest of your body, it would be a dark spot. Those melanomas typically are dark. They're they're caused by the melanin in this the melanin cells that make the melanin that that give us a tan or 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 or, or color our bodies. They are black and they start as a black spot and then they can get bigger. It can also come underneath your fingernails. If you've got a black spot growing up under your fingernails, that's a scary, scary thing because they can occur there as well. And the soles of your feet and between the toes, places like that. That's more common where African-Americans get their melanomas as opposed to what wow. Caucasian white people, they tend to get it more uh, where they, on their face, head, neck, arms, where they're getting sun exposure a lot. So now, now, how does the skin, and maybe it does and it doesn't, but how does it tie in to other organs of the body? What's the relationship between the skin and the other organs, you know, as it relates to maybe other diseases and other illnesses and, and, and maybe even other cancer? Because it, yeah, so possible cancer to spread from one part of the body to the other one, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So let's let's take this let's take our melanoma journey a little further. How's that? And we'll tie and we'll even go to and then I'm gonna gonna tell you a little bit about some of the exciting new drugs that are out there, not just to treat melanoma but to treat other cancers. So we can continue down this melanoma story. How's that? So. For instance, if you had a, a, say for instance, yesterday you or tomorrow you wake up and you've got a, a spot on your hand, right? And I say, well, come in, we'll do a biopsy. And so we biopsy that and it happened to be a melanoma. Well, then you have to worry, is it just in my skin or has it spread to other areas in my body? And so the very first area would go if it was on your hand would actually travel down the skin, down the lymphatics in the skin, and go under your armpit to your lymph node, more than likely. So I would want to know, well, has it spread to those lymph nodes? And the same thing happens in breast cancer with women. If they have a, a lump here, has it spread to the lymph nodes under their armpit? That's the most important thing you want to know. Has that cancer spread? So melanomas are the same way. And what we do 
is we are actually able to do special tests now where we inject the dye around that tumor, around the melanoma, and then that dye goes up and it lands in that lymph node. Sort of like if you're going to Atlanta, you're gonna go up I-75, right? So I inject, it goes down I-75 to that lymph node. So I know how to find the lymph node. And I could take that lymph node out and tell whether or not that has spread to the lymph nodes or not. And that's very important. And we do the same thing in breast cancer. So the lymphatic system is important when it comes to talking about cancer. And that's another, that's right below the skin. It's right there, right below the skin and intimately related to the skin. So we would take you and we would say, okay, well, we got to cut that melanoma out of your hand. And then we're going to take one lymph node out and find out if it's spread. And you want the answer to be, no, it has not spread. And that'd be great. That's wonderful. But what if it has spread? What if you're one of the unlucky people? Because uh, about 40,000 people die a year with, with melanoma around the United, throughout the United States. Not quite that many, not quite that many. You know, that's, that's too high to spread. Breast cancer is about that. It, it's about, uh, about 10,000 people die with melanoma. And that number is going up, unfortunately, because it's getting, melanoma is one of the fastest growing cancers today in America, today. Second, second fastest growing cancer. So therefore, it's something people should be aware of and, and should look at their skin and look at their hands and look at their feet or wherever it might be and making sure that, you know, if something's suspicious, you want to know about it. If, if, if it wasn't there yesterday, bring it to the attention of your primary care doctor and say, and there may be nothing. The most of the time it will be. But what if it is something one time and you want to get that as early as possible, right? You want to find that cancer as early as possible. But what if the cancer had spread? Well, I will tell you that about five years ago, we didn't have much for it. We didn't have many drugs that are going to help you with metastatic melanoma. In fact, your chance of surviving it, if it has spread six months was very, very low. Wow. Very, very low. Six months. But now there's new drugs that have come along that actually use your body's own defense mechanisms to upregulate or increase your immune system. And then increasing the immune system helps your body fight the cancer. So these aren't necessarily chemotherapy. They're not poisons. They're more immunostimulators or immunomodulators that help the body fight the cancer itself. And we're seeing some incredible results. Great example is uh, former President Carter, Jimmy Carter. He had melanoma spread to his brain, and yet he still teaches Sunday school class every Sunday and is doing well. And that's been for years because of these fantastic new drugs. So these, what we're finding every day are new drugs that help our bodies fight cancers, help our bodies knock out the cancers. Because every day we probably sit here and develop a cancer, but guess what? Our body is so wonderful and so well-made that it kills those cancer cells before they can grow. So as we're, we're talking today, right now, our body could be making a cancer. But guess what? The body says, uh-oh, that's not supposed to be like that. That's, that's a cancer cell, let's kill it. And they kill it. Well, unfortunately, sometimes the cancer's smart and it eludes our body. And that's why cancers grow. That's why cancers grow. Uh-oh. Let, let, let me ask you a question as it relates to detection. 
what uh what are the ways of detecting cancer you know like not only melanoma but cancer in other parts of the body i mean does that have to be some kind of physical signal or can it be done through a blood test or just how because i'm sure that we all want to live a long time and that we all want to try to and i know uh i i'm smart enough or not smart enough whatever i want to look at to know that let's say old enough to know that if you catch it early you know if you catch it early that then you stand a much much better chance of surviving than you would if you know you let it spread through your body so what mechanism and what approaches are used towards detecting uh, cancer great great question um let's move on say to breast cancer and let's uh breast cancer is the number one cancer affecting women um and we detect that the early we detect it you're absolutely right the better the chance of survival and we've got mammograms now these 3d mammograms that allow us to detect cancers that are only a few millimeters big i mean this is tiny this is this is something that's smaller than a pencil eraser we can find a lump in the breast all that small now compared to say the size of a grape, uh, which is what we sort of used to have to rely on uh, and before you can feel it, whereas it might be as big as a plum by the time you feel it. So from going from a few millimeters to a plum is a lot and it's that cancer's growing and giving the chance of spread. So the earlier you find it, you're absolutely right. So mammography, 3D mammography is essential for ladies over the age of 40. They should undergo screening Additionally, we've got other tests that say, for instance, um, a lady has very dense breast or has a family history. She may say, well, is there anything more I could add to that? And there are some new tests that are coming out. We've been doing MRIs for quite some time, but there's a new test called molecular breast imaging, MBI. And it's almost like doing a small mini, just a, a, a PET scan or a, or a cancer scan of the breast. And we're finding even smaller cancers with that technology. So you'll be hearing more about that technology over the next few years. In fact, we're getting ready to, to look at our first year of using that test and what we're finding. And is it helping us identify tumors even smaller and earlier? And I think the answer is going to be yes. So right here in Macon, we've been using the MBI now for about a year. We're sort of setting the pace there. And that's exciting. That's exciting. So that's, that's some of the things you can do if you're a female. What about if you're a male? Well, prostate cancer uh, is, is the number one cancer a male is gonna get, especially in, in the African-Americans. You, you probably know that that incidence is higher and, and guess what? Unfortunately, more African-American males die from, from prostate cancer than, than even Caucasian males. So early detection is the key and, and you know, women sit around, they talk about cancer and they talk about their health and they go do things and they, they get their mammograms. Men, on the other hand, tend to be, you know, I'm tough. I'm not going to, I don't want to talk about cancer. Let's talk about football or let's talk about baseball or, but we don't want to talk about cancer, especially prostate cancer. How are they going to find? I don't want to have that test done, you know, but uh, 
but it's important that that men realize that as they get into their 60s that their risk of prostate cancer is going to be there and how do you find prostate cancer well there's there's a blood test because you asked about a blood test it's called a psa prostate specific antigen draw the test see if that see if that's elevated that's elevated Better go look for that cancer because it could be there. There are other things that cause it to be high, but it could be there. Not only that, how do you find it? Doctor has to feel. Well, that's a rectal examination. Most men aren't, you know, queuing up to get that one. But it's important. It's an important part of being healthy, and it's an important part of screening. So seeing your doctor, having these tests done, checking to make sure that uh, you don't have prostate cancer is your prostate's normal is very important. What about colon cancer? Men and women have colon cancer. And that's another one that that's where the, the biggest test for that is, of course, standard is colonoscopy. Uh, and once you probably hit in your 50s, you should get a baseline colonoscopy. If you don't have a family history, if you can stretch those out five years or so, and you can talk to your primary care doctor about that. But there are other tests now besides colonoscopy that are coming out. Actually, they test the stool. It's called, there's a cologuard and there's another one. They actually look for either blood or, or, or types of cancer cells in the stool itself. So some fascinating things are going on there as well. So that perhaps maybe one day we all won't have to have a colonoscopy. But right now, it's the gold standard. And once again, you want to find that cancer early. So therefore, if your doctor says you need a colonoscopy, go have your colonoscopy. I've had them. Uh, and they're, they're not painful. You sleep through it most of it. So very important is, is screening. So those are the main three screening cancers that we do screen for here in America. Now, some parts of the world, stomach cancer is so high that you have to have an endoscopy where they go down and look inside your stomach. In Japan and, and other areas, these other cancers are high. But here in America, we don't screen for those kind of tests. Eventually, there may be a test to, you can just draw the blood and say, oh, guess what? You're, you don't have this, 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 this. That, that may be coming. We may be getting really smart and we know more about genes and we know more about what causes cancers and what genes are affected. We may be able to find that, but not right now. Right now, we still have to have them. Go ahead. I was going to ask you about that. You know, that was going to be my next question as it relates to how much can be detected through through the blood. So what you're yeah. saying is that a blood test is good. I mean, drawing the blood and take sending it to the lab is good, but it does not detect everything. I mean, there are some no. things like it won't, it won't necessarily let you know if you got breast cancer, a woman, and it won't let you necessarily let you know that you got prostate cancer, or it won't let necessarily let you know that you've got uh, melanoma, or uh, that's pronouncing it correctly, uh, 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 some cancers, uh, colon cancer. So you still need to go to, you know, healthy living, healthy living. So in order to live healthy, you still need to go to the doctor and get examined, etc. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, that's, that's so, you're so right. And uh, it, even if you're feeling well, going and having these screening tests are important because you want to find that cancer early. So get your colonoscopy, do these things, let the doctor lay hands on you. Let the doctor look at anything that's suspicious on your skin or, 
and 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 do other there are other blood tests that that are important to tell you that your liver's working well or, or your immune system's working well. So there's other kind of lab tests that you can draw, making sure that your heart's working well, making sure you don't have high cholesterol and all these other things that, that can also kill you. So at your annual physical exam, that's when all of these things should take place. Now, if you notice something that's abnormal in your body or you start, you've got an abnormal feeling and it lasts for a while, then you probably should bring that to the attention of your doctor. Uh, you know, I, 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 I love to use the phrase, denial is not just a river in Egypt. The people deny things and deny things and put things off. And the next thing you know, my goodness, I should have been here. That cancer has been there a year. And guess what? It's spread to your liver or it's gone here or there. And, and it's easy to, to, to convince yourself, no, it's nothing. Or I don't need to go see a doctor for that, but until it gets real bad. So don't put things off, you know, be, be a good steward of your own body and go and get things checked out. If you think something's wrong, then there's a good chance there's something wrong. So go, going back a little bit to skin cancer, and I appreciate your um, addressing healthy living and all of the factors that affect it. So you're saying that everybody should put on sunscreen. And yes, that you really control the amount of time that you spend out in the sun? Absolutely. Absolutely. And how much? At least a 30 SPF, at least 30. And here's what's important. So you go out to the beach or somewhere and you go out and you walk down to the beach and then you set up your things and you put all your stuff around. Well, you've already been out there 45 minutes getting sunburned. And then you say, oh, now I got to put on my suntan lotion. Put that on before you go outside. Let that be the first thing you do. So you don't get that 45 minutes of of hot heat sun, especially here in the South where the, the sun beats hard down here and, and it can affect you. And that 45 minutes of unprotected sun is, is not good for you. So think of, especially children, put that, put, that, put that sunscreen on those children and put it on frequently. Guess what? You get in the water. I don't care if it says this is, this sunscreen is absolutely 100% uh, waterproof. They're not, they're gonna, you're gonna sweat them off. You're gonna swim them off. Put it back on again. Reapply that stuff often as you can. Wear a hat. Wear, wear glasses, you know, sunglasses. The eye, melanoma can actually occur in the eye. Uh, so wear those glasses and, wow. and think about what you're doing. Think about good, good skin health as you go on. And I'll tell you what, when you get to be 70 and 80 and you don't have any wrinkles and you have pretty skin, you'd appreciate it. You, you just got to keep applying it so you can't go out there put it on early in the day, go swimming, you know, sweat it off and think it's still working. You got to reapply. Absolutely. And, that's, Absolutely. and that's for Caucasians and African-Americans. Yes, for, sir. That's yes, sir. Everybody. And that's, that's good to know because I just, you don't hear that much talk about melanoma in the African-American community. But, you know, you have told us that you can catch it and it can be a danger along with other kinds of cancers and that we need to be very cognizant of it. And the best thing to do is to go to the doctor and don't, and hey, and don't float down denial. See that? That's right. <laughs> yeah. Don't float there down denial. Go. There you, you go. Know, be very, very conscientious uh, about it. 
Uh, this is a call to action, and I have interviewed Dr. Paul Dale, who is an oncological surgeon. I know I'm, I know I'm badgering that, but that's okay. You understand what I mean? And Dr. Dale has been on the show several times. Very knowledgeable, and really, really makes make, he really makes it plain. And I appreciate you doing that, Doctor. You, 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 you say it where it can be understood, and you say it where it can be educational, and you say it where it is motivational. We really appreciate that. Keep on doing what you're doing. Education is a key, and not riding down denial is also the key. He had to encourage us to that. If you see something, say something. Yes, so sir. If there's any kind of indication that there may be a problem, then we need to address it by going to the doctor and trying to deal with it early. We thank you very much. Anything, any other pardon comments you want to say, Doc? No, sir. I tell you what, this is it's it's a call to action to to make sure you're taking care of your body, right? That's what we did yes, today. Yes, sir. Thank you very it's much. It's great to see you again. Yes, sir. Good to see you. Thank you very much right. for the important information. This is a call to action. I'm your host, Alex Habersham, having interviewed Dr. Paul Dale of uh, Atrium Navison Health. Thank you, sir.